This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. And hi, everybody, and welcome to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111. Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Thanks very much for spending part of your day with us. It is the 6th of October, a Friday, and we're coming to you from our studios here at the campus of the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. Great to have you with us. A special show for you today, as we have done a couple of times in the past. Today, we're going to introduce you to members of the 2017 Eisenhower Fellows. These are people that are doing phenomenal things in terms of researching and looking at parts of society around the globe. We're going to be introducing you to people that have done a wide range of things on this show today. The media has certainly had a contentious relationship with our current president, but in many parts of the world, people receive their news only after it's been filtered through the government. And while some countries will take quite a while to make that shift, it appears that there may be some entities that are starting to do that even pushing towards bringing news to people on a more free basis and on a variety of different formats. Laura Ayub is digital director of Al Mamlaka Television, which is the first 24-7 news station in Jordan. And she is a member of the 2017 Eisenhower Fellows, and she joins us to discuss the media and also a variety of women's issues that she looked on during her fellowship. Nice to meet you, Laura. Thank you for coming in. Thank you very much, Dan. Good morning. Thank you. I I guess I want to start on the news side of things with kind of the history of news in Jordan and how that was presented to people over the years. So uh, before uh, 2003, the media was uh, owned partially or completely by the government. And in twenty in two thousand and three, it became independent, and from then the radio stations that wanted to deliver news and newspapers and the televisions started to take um, ownership. So I was part. I entered the digital media sphere in two thousand and three, and I was responsible for establishing the first independent newspaper, which I ran for eight years. And it was from there that I was able to see how that evolved and how people started to have a voice, whether it's online, whether it's through um, speaking to reporters differently, you know, because reporters could now speak in an independent voice. Mm-hmm. And um, it was only till recently that we've never had a 24-hour news station to represent news in Jordan. And it was only till uh, 2015 that that was a big decision that the country took, that we need uh, an independent uh, news station. And today, early on this year, I joined uh, Al Mamlaki TV, like you mentioned, where we hope to offer uh, fact-based, credible news Mm -hmm. and restore journalism and create, you know, uh, personal impact stories for the Jordanians because... The reason why digital today is very important is because uh, 70% of Jordanians are under the age of 30. Right. So they consume their news online and with all what's happening around the world, and I'm sure you're aware of that in sure. the United States, uh, it's so critical for us to um, do this correctly or on a solid ground. Well, before we get into that, I find it interesting that you had time in, in the newspaper industry and made the shift to digital. So you saw there in Jordan the same thing we see here in the United States is that the newspaper industry is having just an unbelievably hard time and people don't really rely on the newspaper anymore or at least the print version of it. They want to go online. It's the same in Jordan. Absolutely. 
It's a bit slower uh, transformation than, uh, like in England, you have newspapers, print newspapers that shut down and they're relying on their online. But right. I think there's a, the, there should be like a, a transformation, like a mindset shift, the paradigm shift for reporters and those that produce content because print um, uh, is no longer like, you know, with the paper, the circulation and yeah. people trying to, you know, uh, and their lifestyle. Everyone's on the Internet. Everyone has a 4G. They might not have a car. They might not have a house, but they do have a 4G connection. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, and video now, people, their attention span is shorter. So we need to reach them differently. So we need to use different formats right. to deliver our story. And we need to be very mindful. Sometimes reporters, especially when I was uh, working um, uh, in the newspaper, they refuse or they resist the change that digital brings. Because, right. But social media forced it on them because now I can take a, um, an op-ed and put my comment on Facebook and I can get much more attention than the writer himself. So what has the, been the reaction of the people of Jordan to having this type uh, of news available to them, especially over the last few years? Uh, when you mean this news, you mean... Well, like like more not news that is coming from the government or news that you can trust, mm -hmm. that you can believe in, that's coming from independent sources. It's uh, It has a positive and it has a negative because uh, we worry about the way a citizen journalist takes this in and how he decides because most of the time when you read news online you're on your own so how do you cr you know how do you craft your opinion and how do you make sure that what you're reading is truthful and how do you decide that this is right or wrong or it, at the end of the day it has to be relevant and matter to your life does it affect your pocket does it affect the economy what about your children they're going you're going to be able to put food on the table there it's becoming a more like a personal matter to how people consume news but there's so much noise out there like if you think of social media and 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 it's like 2 million 2 billion Facebook accounts, yeah. uh, everyone's, it's just, it's like an organic growth that is out of control. And it's a first timer for us in the media. I mean, every single yeah. day is a new challenge. So how can we create impact in people's lives to let, to ensure that they have the right information? Well, there, there's a, there's a level of understanding uh, of what social media is and how you can use it and, and not abuse it at the same time, which I think a lot of members of the media, both here in the U.S. Or, or around the world, they're still trying to figure that out. I think there's a lot of people, if you talk to reporters, editors, whoever, that are still trying to figure out exactly what that right mix is. Mm, and and it's, uh, it's going to be going on like that for a while because... So digital media is an experiment. I, free, I find, it, find it like a lab. You need to keep experimenting which works and which doesn't. And you really need to be mindful of um, the, the disinformation and the misinformation, the spreading, because it's like a wildfire. You can't stop it sometimes. And right. the damage can be dreadful. And we were just talking about this this morning about the, the impact on lives at, at, you know, at large. Um, reporters need to um, to trust the all journalistic uh, basics, mm -hmm. you know, the rules, and to build on that. But we also, as uh, people in the media, are responsible for using using the technology and the tools to reach the right audiences in the right way. Like you have, you have Snapchat, for example, that has a special audience. Right. How do you approach that? You have Facebook, you have Twitter, you have Instagram. You have the the formats are different on each platform. You have the live, you have the the videos, you have the still photos. What are these saying to the audience, and what yeah. do we want? We need to make sure that. Um, we know what we want from our audience. We want them to participate. We want them to engage. Do we just want them to to be uh, aware? And and then the post, po uh, you know, like when you when you like disseminate news, what do you do after that? How do you deal with analytics? Right. And how do you go from there? 
And it's, 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 but nothing will work if there's no uh, internal will to change the institution, to digitalize the institution from within. That's regarding media institutions. So if you don't have a leadership that wants to change, you'll always be in a bad place and everyone will take over you and people will take the lead, the citizens. And it's, it's proven. You can't deny it anymore. You can't look away. Lara Ayub is a digital director of Al Mamlaka TV uh, in Jordan. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by the Wharton School. So on your fellowship, you were spending a good portion of your time looking at digital and, and kind of the rules of the road to a degree of what you want to have in, in Jordan for Al Mamlaka. But you were also doing looking at, at women's issues as well, correct? Yes, yes. So t- tell us more about that experience on both ends of that. So um, I, I co-founded an NGO seven years ago, which um, the whole goal was it was to address the challenges women in Jordan face. So uh, Jordanian women are like 78% of Jordanian women are uh, have a secondary degree, but only 13% are in the workforce. Mm-hmm. So we are one of the lowest in the world. And one of the main challenges for women to exit their career early on, which is around 29 years of age, is that when she becomes a mother, there is no environment at the workforce to support her. And um, when we looked closer, we realized that there's an existing law that calls for the provision of daycare uh, at workplaces that have 20 women or more with hmm. 10 children under four. So that law was written in the 90s. So we wondered, why is this law not activated? Right. So we decided to take it on and to um, raise awareness and advocate for this law. And we realized that women didn't know what their rights were. And uh, the employer was um, hesitant from the liability. And he also didn't have proper guidelines to lead him to a proper uh, establish uh, to establish a daycare. And the government, there were too many stakeholders to just approve a license. So we started to put together using a methodology called community organizing, which uh, we took at Harvard Kennedy School to put together a core team as because I am a mother of two children and I am the core problem. I am one of the, you know, the constituency I'm harmed by no daycare and I don't want to exit my career. So we we're focusing on this. It's been seven years and we have been able to set up by advocating and enabling institutions, mothers and the government, actually, uh, into um, establishing over 58 daycares in Jordan. And Jordan is very small. There's around 10 million people. So you're talking that this can have impact when you have 60 new daycares. And we're still continuing. It's an ongoing. It's parallel to our career. But because the sense of urgency for mothers like me, like my children are five and three, uh, I don't want to forget. I want to be the voice for the other women that do not have the opportunity to be right now in front of a mic or speaking up for other people's rights. So it's just enabling women, empowering employers to know how to do it or supporting them and also assisting the government to make these policies, you know, easier to apply by opening dialogue, you know, social dialogue and other other ways. But there are probably a lot of women in Jordan that didn't even realize that there was a law like this on the books to begin with. I was I was the first one that didn't realize that. But I was put in the position. So it's very important for women all over the world. And this is what we realize in the United States. We just had a conversation yesterday that we're all similar. We all have the challenges at different levels. And we don't want that to you know, be a barrier of entry back into our career because it's harder to go back into your career than to actually uh, um, stay in it and you know, fight those couple of years where your children are, are young. So I really advise that women 
um, if I can say that, just have to know their rights early on. Were were, mm. bi- were businesses ignoring the law, or or was it just a situation where? over the course of time because of what had been the Jordanian society for years and years, that it just was not, uh, I don't know if the right word is enforced or, or brought brought to light. So that was one of the questions we had very, very early on. So the only way to do that was to communicate with business owners. And right. their main challenges were that we don't have clear guidelines to what we have to do to set up a daycare. For example, a daycare has to be on the ground floor, has to have sure. two exit doors. Yeah. And so we discovered that the government hadn't had, they didn't place any guidelines. So we together, like the NGO, put together all the stakeholders that were responsible for the guidelines and we crafted them. We were like a committee, a steering committee, but we didn't want any, you know, we, we just wanted it to happen. And we were responsible for printing out the guidelines. So the guidelines was an issue for the employers and also liability. Sure. They're yeah. afraid of, you know, like I'm a bank. Why would I put a daycare? What would happen with that child? This yeah. is not my core business. So you need to address those things. You have sectors that challenge are challenged, like the health sector. What do I do in a night shift? Where is the daycare operating? And, you know, when a mother goes to, rushes to the hospital with a child yeah. to, you know, to check her patient, where do you put the child? Those are real time challenges that were never addressed. And so what happens is even if an employer is really interested in setting up a daycare, he would he would go forward with the process and then he would get stuck somewhere. He needs a paper. He needs a document. He needs to call someone at the Ministry of Social Development. And then he would just get discouraged. So he, we are like the um, we're like um, taking care of everyone's uh, challenges uh, and making sure that we can find a solution, a concrete solution in, in, in this time and day. I'd be very interested to know, because as you lay out that that concept of what needs to happen in terms of daycare for for women, and being somebody that's in the media, therein lies a great story to be told to the people of Jordan, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I see my role in the media um, as uh, an opportunity for us to uh, share uh, those impact stories or the, uh, to raise awareness and to advocate the whole society because it's not a woman's problem, by the way. It's a family problem. The right. parents, the father, as, as important as the mother to have access to a family-friendly environment. And this is something we came to realize while working with parents closely. So the media is for everyone. It's the mass. And it's a responsibility on our shoulders to address these matters that affect the livelihoods of our people. And hopefully we can do that. So as as you continue to work with Al-Mamlaka, what, what is your expectation as to how that as a network, 24-7, which is something which, as you said before, <laughs> is very new for Jordan, Yes. how that will build out? What do you want to see from that news organization? Uh, for women or in general? In Just in general. Well, um, first of all, the first, uh, I mean, uh, since 2009 till today, uh, a lot of online news w- websites have burst you know, and they came to life. But right. now we hope with all the fake news that's going on and the myths and disinformation that's spreading, we want to restore professional and credible news. And we also want to offer fact-based uh, stories and really create personal impact, uh, uh, create a healthy online community. And and I think one of the ways is to like combat ver- verified news, to offer variety, to address everyone, to speak with all ages, right. and to really uh, be innovative and creative in how we do it, but stick to the old journalistic, you know, basics that, um, I mean, at the end of the day, content is king and will remain king. And right. all these tools should be used in a very healthy and positive way to, to lead the, the, the change that we hope for our, our, our whole world because now it's a, it's a globalized issue. And working and, and coming to this fellowship means that I can have access to the best uh, organizations and news 
on television and also in social media. Where were where were you in terms of looking at news outlets on your fellowship? Well, I haven't started yet. Oh, but you're next going week to. Okay. I have I'll be starting in um, uh, uh, in Washington, and then I'm off to New York and Chicago and. And this, to me, really is an opportunity just to listen and learn and for right. my personal and professional growth because, you know, you're hungry to grow and, and, and this part of the world has seen a lot. And the masters are here, so we want to learn. <laughs> Boy, have we seen a lot in the last year. Uh, you mentioned fake news. And and obviously, I guess the, the other question I have is uh, what level of support do you get from the Jordanian government for kind of going down this path? Well, um, the, the the news uh, station that I work for is state funded. It's okay. a, 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 and it's uh, independently operated. I mean, we as individuals uh, are independent, and we have a lot of experience in what we do. So we have been supported, fully supported, uh, to find new ways to you know rectify all that's happening and to restore journalism that is missing, and to be a voice. You know, it's on Jordan and for Jordan. And we hope that uh, people like you and all the media outlets in uh, the world can refer to us for, uh, you know, as a resource, as a source of of news uh, through our professional and credible work. So we may very well see an Al-Mamlika outlet. Yes. Here in the United States, or at least, or at least reporters covering the White House. And, yes, you and, and, will. We already have uh, reporters assigned for uh, Washington, so uh, I'll get them in touch with you. <laughs> well, I, I find it interesting because, uh, from your perspective, the, the interest of people in Jordan about the United States and the business of the United States and what things are going on here in the U.S. How high, low is that right now? Well, it's uh, it's it's high. I mean, I mean now there's no borders. You know, everything affects everything. Sure. So what happens in the United States will affect our lives. And you know, with all that's happening in the Middle East, with all, of, especially Jordan, where we're surrounded, like we're we're a host to the second largest host for Syrian refugees. Yeah. We have a lot of stress on our economy because of that. Uh, we're happy to help, but also we need the support uh, from everyone. And everything matters. Like what's what's going on in the world will affect our daily livelihoods. I mean, it's it's there. We can't. Avoid it. And then, of course, we're all living on these little yeah. electronic. This is the thing. primary screen. This is the primary screen, and this is what we need to be. You know, we need to be aware and mindful of how we yeah. consume news and how we, how much time we spend on it, and where. And we need to look for the best journalism, and read and understand. And and this is something that people are. I mean, the attention span is dropping. People yeah. are no longer paying attention like before. They skim reads, which is dangerous. Sure. So yeah. how do we capture people's attention from the third word in the title? Yeah. How do I keep him engaged in the first and second and third paragraph? Let alone get to about the sixth or seventh paragraph. Well, that's wishful thinking. But right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, engagement. What kind of engagement are we looking for? And we re- really need to keep the mountaintop goal, which is to create online a healthy audience that can really be well-informed. And when they discuss matters, they know what they're t- you know, they're solid in what they say. Right. So that doesn't affect their lives, you know, yeah. their personal lives. Because at the end of the day, the media is going to push on. But what happens to our lives is what matters. Great having you here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks, Dan. Thanks. Laura Ayub, uh, Al-Mamlika TV, uh, getting ready to do her Eisenhower uh, Fellow uh, Fellowship for the next few months. Uh, and again, hopefully we've started you off on a good note with, in terms of the U.S. media. So A great note. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thank great you so having much. you with us. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 